Hello and welcome to Letters Home. I'm your host, George Leach. This is episode 18. It's been a while, but the world is crazy and times are changing. Apologies for taking a while, but here we are with some more letters. You may notice some minor changes to the podcast and more might be on the way. For now, let's get into it and see what's going on with Gigi in November of 1943. November 2nd, 1943. Dear Mom, Dad, and all. Well, it isn't very often that I can write home in the beginning of November and thank all of you for the swell things you sent me for Christmas. You can see that I'm using the stationery I found in the package. That's one of the hardest things to get around here. The reason I'm writing now is because I'm on guard duty tonight and I came back from work a bit early. So I stopped at the mailroom and saw my name on the package list. A lot of packages came in today. These packages have been coming in for the past three weeks. Maybe that's why the mail isn't coming in so good. But to get on with the elegant package you sent me, the stockings were swell. My other ones were beginning to look like a golf course, full of holes. I ain't got my mom here to mend them. Underwear and shirt, that always comes in handy. More than one can imagine. Hankies, good clean white hankies. And this is the country of sniffles too. That buddy book is real nice. How to have fun filling it out, and others having fun reading it. Those two joke books were good. They are now making the rounds of the barracks. Gee, a whole box of gum. Boy, I really enjoy having some good gum. Once in a while, I give a stick of gum to a little English lad. You should see their eyes light up. They can't get any gum at all except what they make here, and that tastes like hell. The Lifesaver's candy is swell. That's about the only kind of candy I eat. The boys can't get over the fact that I don't eat candy, but every once in a great while, I take a nibble of a piece. That about covers the contents of the package. I know you all helped to contribute to it, so I'll say thanks a million to all of you. It was mighty swell of you. I got a 10-page letter from Wally yesterday. I don't know what happened, but it took his letter about six days to get here. We were both having the same kind of trouble with censors. We find each other's letters pretty well slashed up. I guess we're bad writers. That reminds me, I wrote a V-mail letter to Aunt Mary, and the censor cut out a word instead of blacking it out. So now I have to rewrite the whole flaming thing. Well, Mom, it's time for chow now. Then I grab my little gun and stand guard. So I'll sign off with love to all, and sincerest thanks again for the swell package. I haven't had but one letter from Detroit in the last seven days. Regards to the neighbors, your son, George. Next, there's a cool-looking old Christmas card dated November 5th, 1943. The front of the card features a four-horse wagon in a snowy village with a chapel in the background. The only text on the front, best wishes. The printed text on the inside reads, Hearty Christmas greetings. My greeting speeds up its way to wish you joy and peace today. May every hour quite happy be and a new year of prosperity. With all my love, your son. There's a letter dated November 5th as well. Dear Mom, they were selling these Irish linen hankies in the PX this week, so I bought one for you. That's all I could get, or else I would have gotten you more. About the mail, well, 
I haven't heard from anyone for a long time. So long, in fact, that I forgot what an American stamp looks like. Nobody seems to be getting any letters. Maybe you folks are having the same trouble back home. I made out another $35 allotment for you with Helen as codependent. It will start in December, but I guess the checks will start coming later as they usually do. Well, Mom, just six months ago, I started on my first ocean voyage, and I sure enjoyed it. It doesn't seem that long because the time sure has gone by fast. Come to think of it, I've been in the Army for 16 months. Good experience is all I gotta say. I'm going to write Wally now and see if we can get together on the 20th or 21st of this month because that's when my next two days off will be. Boy, we sure do make plans, but they sure do go wrong every time. Well, Mom, I guess I'll close for now. Hope to hear from you soon. Best regards to all. Your son, George. November 9th, 1943. Dear Mom, Dad, and everybody, I'm writing this letter with the radio on, and Winston Churchill is speaking. He's alright. He has a humorous way of putting over a speech. Oh well, you'll probably hear about it, or read about it, so I won't go into details. However, he is giving General MacArthur a nice build-up, and the Russians too. Say, those Russians are really doing a grand job, and Churchill is praising them up now. But now to get down and answer some of your swell letters. By the way, Mom, do you still go around taking the wrong streetcars home from downtown? In case you forgot, there's a little sign on the front of every streetcar, and these signs always have the name of the car on them. Always take a Harper, and you can't go wrong. That's alright, Mom. I guess we all make mistakes at one time or another. So Steve wrote and asked for three pieces of apple pie. Well, I'll better him. How about three whole apple pies? Not now, but when I get home. Did Mike and John get lots of mushrooms? Boy, how I'd like a fried mushroom dinner, but I'll wait for that too. Those pictures you sent me from the time I was home on furlough are really swell, and I sure like them. They came out good too. Send more if you have any new ones, or old. You wrote Santa Claus would be good to me if I was a good boy. Ha <laughs> ha! I found out there's no Santa Claus and about the good boy part. Well... But Santa was very good to me. Today Santa, Mrs. Leach, sent me two Christmas boxes. And one of the boxes was a swell looking fruitcake. It sure was nice of you to think of sending me a cake. We have a Red Cross club where we can get tea or coffee every night. So one of these nights, we were going to go down and celebrate. In the other package, gee, that one was just chock full of goodies. I don't know whose idea it was to send tuna fish, and I'll bet it cost lots of ration points. But I love them for it, because I sure did miss having some of my favorite fish. And the cheese Mr. and Mrs. Poulter sent? Boy, that sure was swell of them. What a meal I'm going to have one of these winter nights. Give the poultures my kindest thanks. Or better yet, all right. About the popcorn, just the other night, while we were roasting chestnuts on the stove, somebody said it would be a good idea to have roasted popcorn, and out of a clear sky, here comes popcorn. The tea cookies, very good. Very, very good. Tea, we'll have the pot boiling in no time. Care to join us in a spot of tea? Real roasted peanuts. Boy, what a treat. Now we come to the part of the package that really makes me a happy guy. And I suppose you know what it is from Mom and Helen. Gee, that was a wonderful bracelet. No kidding. I've been wanting to get one of them for the longest time. I just don't exactly know how to thank you. 
Sure was swell of both of you. Really was. In fact, I thank all of you for being so swell to me, and I'll pay you all back one of these days. Say, is Bill still our mailman? I haven't heard you mention him for a long time. Give him my regards. I just got back from the Red Cross Club. You see, every Tuesday night, some ladies from the neighboring towns come in and do sewing for us for nothing. So, I had my new stripes sewed on my blouse and overcoat. Say, I just thought that you never saw me with stripes. I'll see if I can get a pass to go home and show them to you. Well, this is all for tonight. Kindest regards to everybody, and thanks a million for everybody for the package. Tell Yankee to hold on to his gotchies. I'll write soon. With love, your son, George. November 17th, 1943. Dear Mom, Dad, and all. Hi, everybody. Well, guess I'm going in for letter writing in a big way. Six letters to home in ten days. But after today, I don't think I'll have a chance to write for about a week or so. The reason, well, Al, Charlie, and I are going to Scotland on furlough. Sure was a funny thing, though. You see, this morning, the Sarge asked for volunteers to go on a furlough. I know that sounds funny as heck to ask for volunteers to go on a furlough, but that's how it was. I guess the biggest reason most of the guys didn't want to go is because it's near the end of the month and everybody is just about broke. So everybody thought it was very funny that the Sarge had to beg somebody to go on furlough. I was supposed to meet Wally in London this coming Saturday, but now that this leave came up, I think we'll have to postpone our reunion again for a later date. Our furlough will only last around five days, but it don't take too long to get anywhere in England, I hope. To go to Scotland, we have to go to London, then catch the Flying Scotsman and go north. I don't know where we'll go for sure yet. We may go to Edinburgh or to Inverness, where we can get to do some skating and tobogganing. I may even try my feet at skiing. In your letter to me, you wrote two words in Russian, then you put a side note to the censor and told him what they meant. Well, I thought I told you folks that your letters are not censored. For some reason or other, almost everybody that writes thinks their letters are censored. I'm going to have to use both sides of the paper from now on. This paper is too nice to waste both sides. Besides, it's hard to get. I just hope the censor doesn't have to cut anything out because he'll fix both sides of the letter then. Gee, I just can't think of anything else to write. Except that today, they were taking pictures of some of the boys by the planes. And they'll send these pictures to the boys' hometown newspaper. Incidentally, I was in one of these pictures. So if you see four fellows sitting around the engine of our plane, and one of these fellows has a headset, you know, for radio work, you'll probably recognize that it's me. But then again, they might not put it in the papers. No great loss or gain either way. It won't be for a month or so anyway. I'll let you know more about it later. Well, Mom, this is all for tonight. Love to all. Your son, George. P.S. We ate the fruitcake you sent me. It was very, very good. All the boys told me to tell you thanks. November 27th, 1943. Dear Mom, Dad, and all. Hi, everybody. Well, I just come back from Chow where we had that all-important spam dinner. It wasn't too bad because I was kind of hungry. I don't know what happened, but the last few days I've been eating like a horse. Probably even eating horse for all I know, but... It's good. Say, Mom, did you folks have turkey for Thanksgiving? We had some. Not much, but still, it was turkey. Yesterday at mail call, we got four letters for the whole barrack. Two of them were for me. The other two went to Bill. Mine were from 
June Colbus, the other from you, John and Polly. Sure was good to hear from all of you. So, you're putting money in the bank for me. Gee, that's mighty swell of you. Have I got enough to get married on? Ha <laughs> Don't take me seriously, Mom. If you ever need money, or should I say, don't put money in the bank on my account if you need it. Anyway, I sure do appreciate it. You're swell. Say, Mom, do you remember what happened 22 years ago? Yep, that's right. Pop got a new son, namely me. Boy, I sure got around the past three years. This year I'm in England. One year ago today, I was in Florida. The year before that, I was in Detroit, known as Draft Bait. I'm sending you a couple of pictures that we took out here. The other three fellows are great guys and we have a lot of fun together on our leave. This is the Al and Charlie that I went with, in case you can't figure out what I'm wearing on my head. Well, it's a headset, but you probably know all about them. I'm also enclosing a folder of pictures of Inverness. Gee, Mom, I sure had a swell time. You would like it there. Oh, here's something I've been wanting to ask you and Dad for the longest time, and I always forgot. The next time you write, please tell me the name of the town or village where both of you were born, and what large cities were nearby. My watch is running very good now, and I've had no trouble with it since I've shook it into running conditions. It looks like Wally and I won't be able to get together until our Christmas. Well, Mom, give my regards to all, and you take it easy. With love, your son, George. Alright, time for thoughts about this episode. Gigi received some early Christmas packages that he was very grateful for with lots of sweets and useful goods from back home. A few things that stood out to me here was that he made a Gigi joke. My stockings were beginning to look like a golf course full of holes. I could just picture him saying that whether he's young or old. He also mentioned enjoying Lifesavers candy and rations back home when he expressed his gratitude for the tuna fish he received. The Lifesavers and ration comments really stood out to me because I vividly remember hearing his story about the two being intertwined, probably when I was in about junior high. It's short but memorable and boils down to this. During the war, other candy manufacturers donated their sugar rations to keep Lifesavers candies in production, so the little candies could be shared with armed forces as a tasty reminder of life at home. So hearing him mention these were like the only candies he liked was really cool to me. Something I remember from either a history class or an article I read, and he's bringing it up here, is neat. He also brings up a few things that are recurring themes in these letters. There continues to be delays with the mail. He struggles to receive letters and goes a long time without getting some for a while. He also talks about making plans with his friend Wally that always fall through. He even briefly mentions that his watch is working well. I was glad to hear that. The watch, I think, has been mentioned probably about seven times now. I was curious about the Churchill speech and spent a decent amount of time googling different phrases including Winston Churchill, November 9th, 1943, Churchill speech, November 1943, Churchill speech, 1943, Churchill Russia, 1943, both Winston Churchill and Churchill, General MacArthur, etc. Searched several phrases with the related terms and couldn't really find anything unfortunately. However. I did come across several links and articles that talked about how Churchill and MacArthur were actually eighth cousins. 
Additionally, he says in one of the letters he won't write for a week because he's going on furlough to Scotland. We then found out later where he was going, but when he mentioned he wasn't sure where he'd go, maybe Edinburgh or Inverness, I was really hoping he would go to Edinburgh. About a year ago, my family and I went on a trip to Edinburgh and it was one of my favorite places that I've ever visited. So I was looking forward to seeing if Gigi ever went to any some some of the same places or saw some of the same sites. Hopefully, he's able to go there in the future and write and send, send pictures home about it. It'd be interesting to see if that's one of the places he ends up or he goes anywhere else that I've been to or maybe some of you have been to. You think he'll ever go to Edinburgh? Maybe somewhere else? Find out that and more on the next episode of Letters Home. Letters Home features music by Scott Buckley. Music by Scott Buckley can be found at www.scottbuckley.com.au.